Hello Red Spotters, welcome to the program, I'm your host Kyle Lara, and welcome to To The Table, where two uh, people, civilians I guess, give each other a film and we review uh, one another's recommendation. Today we have uh, the 2003 Oscar winning film Chicago, and then we have another movie that kind of split people, um, but... Fuck you. <laughs> nah, uh, it, it was generally, the general consensus of, consensus of that movie was that it was pretty good. Um, with me I have Peter Martinez, who recommended to me uh, M. Night Shyamalan's new classic Split and is then every, is everything a classic? <laughs> pretty much. And then I gave you Chicago. Yes, Chicago. Now, first up, first up to bat is uh, Peter Martinez, and Peter is gonna give his review on Chicago. I'm gonna go in and first and tell him why I wanted him to watch Chicago. Please do tell. I love musicals. No, and I think uh, you're you you said in the last podcast mm -hmm. that you like uh, you like many genre of films. Mm -hmm. All right, pretty much every. And so I was like, you know what? Let's shake it up a notch. You know, I we've been watching uh, like Death and Despair uh, movies, Death and Despair movies lately, and dramas. That's let awesome. Me, let me let me give you something more. Uh, I guess upbeat. And, uh... Is it, though? In Chicago... Well, a lot of shit happens. <laughs> uh, a lot of sad stuff happens, but... Anyway, I... I thought, okay, Chicago, it's a... Cl it, it's a good, uh, musical... You are gonna say classic. Classic, yeah. yeah. <laughs> classic <laughs> mistake. Classic. Um, but I thought that, you know, this would be a good thing. It won Best Picture in, two, in the 2003 Oscars. I saw that. It's Rob Marshall, which, uh, you don't like his movies... Um, I don't like one of his movies. Uh, so I, I was like, okay, let's see how he responds to this. And I was very curious on what you thought of Chicago. You vaguely remembered it, as I, as I remember our conversation prior. Like, images. Like, not at all, really. <laughs> I all just right. remember it. So, like, Casino of. Royale. Yeah, basically, like, Casino Royale. All right, so... Uh, I gave you Chicago. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, why not? Let me let me get what you think about Chicago. Peter, take it away. <laughs> um, well, first of all, it was a way different story than what I expected. What were you expecting? Honestly, I expected it to be like the this girl, and she's trying to be, you know, at, at the top, and she's trying to become this singer, and it was all about her, and then I thought, oh, what's his name? The one that hired that prostitute in that one movie. Oh, Richard Gere? Richard Gere. I thought he was, like, a showman, and he was, and then that was, like, her friend slash enemy, maybe, and it was just, like, her... Her um, her climb to the top and then maybe her fall or whatever something like that because they're at the stage and all that and it's it's a it's a freaking uh, Law and Order episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah as it kept going I was like oh I guess this is the whole movie you were you were almost there you're almost there she wants to be something she does yeah she, she does she does be. become something at the end yeah 
Yeah. So, uh, tell me, uh, what did you think of uh, the the Roxy? Roxy. Um. Well, I guess I'll say overall, I didn't hate the movie, but I didn't love it. Like, I there's a lot of things to admire about the film. I thought it was really well done. Mm-hmm. But there's it also had a lot of issues that really. For me, maybe some are personal, some maybe not so much. They kind of held it back from me, like like, like liking it or loving it in that way. Um, speaking of Roxy, I hate Roxy. <laughs> she, yeah. Like, there's... She's supposed to sort of be the protagonist. Yeah. And you don't, and you, and you don't have to have, like, a, a good, you know, a good person be your protagonist. You can have an absolute piece of shit be your protagonist, which she was. But you need to have something that anchors you to her and makes you care about her. Mm -hmm. And literally, she was the worst. She was annoying. Everything just made me hate her. There was no redeeming tether to her. There was nothing. There was no redeeming tether to her at all. Like, um, to compare it to something we both see, like Rick and Morty. Yeah. Rick is kind of a genocidal maniac. Yeah. But there's redeeming qualities to about him. him. Like you know, he actually genuinely cares about Beth, his his daughter. And, well, and you and you get there are moments where you see there's 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 slight humanity in him. Yeah, he's very smart. That that in itself, like there's is, moments uh, where uh, like they they check out what's like his happiest memory, and his happy happiest memory is Morty. And there's he his humor. Yeah, like, people are are attracted to humor. Um, but with her, it's just like. She's a stick in the mud. She's she's just the worst. She she doesn't give a shit about her husband. Um, Poor John C. Riley. She never give a shit that she murdered anyone. Her whole thing is just like pay attention to me. Pay attention to. That's all she wants. And then I think I could have forgiven her character a little bit mm-hmm. if she didn't have like this big old happy ending. You know, and I was like. You know, what's I, I thought, like, there, there would... Because it kind of seemed that way, especially getting towards the end. Mm-hmm. There would be this sort of statement on, you know, uh, I guess celebrity, fleeting celebrity. Because they always say, oh, this is Chicago. They're on to the next person like that. And the way she does anything to try to keep the limelight. I thought, like, eventually it would... It would there would be a point to that. But at the end, it's like, nope, she gets everything she wanted. Yay! Happy ending, and I'm like, I'd, I'd rather see her hang. Like, <laughs> sorry, she did kill the guy. She had no remorse. She treated her husband like shit. She treated everyone like shit. And maybe there's and and I was like, okay, like maybe if this story is about you know, like I said, mm-hmm. fleeting celebrity and the way it takes hold of people and stuff like that. But it wasn't. Because it expected you to clap and be happy for the happy ending. And I was like, I don't want them to have a happy ending. <laughs> so I kind of took issue with that. Um, also, the all I, I will say, um, all the actors and actresses did wonderful. They were great. The music was great. The mm-hmm. dancing, the choreography, all incredibly well done. And honestly, like, really, really good. My favorite music number is... Uh, uh, they both reach for the gun, and uh, that was the one where you see a uh, uh, giant Billy Flynn 
and he's like he has like yeah, the, the, the the puppets and all. I was that gonna stuff. say that too. I was like, that's interesting. Like you're you're saying something through this musical. Yeah. Um, but I kind of had a, an issue with the way they did it, and to me, film. I don't care if it comes from a musical, a book, television show. It's an adaption. Uh-huh. And you need to adapt that work because into something, into a film. And it, it just felt, um, it just felt like, okay, we had this film, and then out of nowhere, they're cutting to to live production footage of them on Broadway doing the stuff. And I'm like, to me, that kind of feels like a cop-out. Like, you should be putting you know this sort of you should be putting this music these numbers into the film itself i thought you know especially that film that point where they're doing that i think that would be way cooler if they actually had that imagery while they were there outside the courthouse mm-hmm. and you know they're doing that whenever uh, you know they were they were singing about a scenario that was going on right now mm-hmm. you like when um uh i guess gear was singing and tap dancing about the whole um the trial mm-hmm. why don't you have that happening having taken place in the trial i you know i understand why, that and it, it, it just it's felt, understandable <laughs> it just made it feel kind of detached to me mm-hmm. and i was like what i understand it it, it it honestly felt like okay we're trying to be loyal to the stage production and my thing is like this isn't a stage production. This is an adaption. Um, when you had all those inmates, those female inmates, talking about how... Oh, Cell Block Tango. Yeah. That's the name. That felt like it came out of nowhere. And it's like you're, you're cutting from them on stage doing this to mm-hmm. them, like, I get, like, 10 seconds, like, I guess, talking about it in, in the prison and then to her. And it's like, why didn't you just actually have that musical set piece take place inside the prison kind of like annie or something like that yeah um to like, me I, to me i always viewed it as like their own their own uh, inner monologues and and like mm-hmm. you see you see uh you see their inner monologue in visual form mm-hmm. that that's what i always took away from the the musical bits mm-hmm. and uh it if you're looking at like the adaption, that's kind of how uh, that's kind of how it was in the in the Broadway musical as well. They had the story go on with the side, and then uh, and then they played the the actual musical number, you know, on another side, and that that's how I. That's so what? I, one side of the stage was the was the actual playing was the other story, side and then the other side was pretty much the musical bit, and it. it, it so they would do that at the exact same time. Yeah. So while Richard Gere, or his character, was was going on about his um, what's it called? Uh, in the uh, the courtroom, courtroom, there was someone else playing his same character, tap dancing on the other side. No, he would transition and go into the into the other side of the stage and do the do the whole bit and then go back and forth and. It, it is a very it, the thing about Chicago is that it was a very it's a very difficult um, thing to interpret. I mean, a lot of people were like, "Oh, uh, Les Mis is the most difficult one to." I would disagree because Les Mis, you're seeing 
you're singing the story to people, and that's not hard to do. You could just see it visually happen around them. Mm -hmm. Versus this uh, Chicago, when you see it on Broadway, it's very. Uh, I I. See, that's my thing. Visually, I can see that working on Broadway mm -hmm. because you're there, you're seeing it move from side to side. It, it seems like it's something specifically enhanced for, you know, the theater, for, for being there and seeing it live and, and seeing the way people transition these actors from back and forth. And I felt like just hard cutting from people on a stage, I don't even know where, I was like, is this going to tie into anything? I guess not. I guess it's just visually representing what they're feeling. I was like, I, I get that, but it would be much more interesting to, de to me, because to me, that's what musicals already did. Mm -hmm. Like, you'll, you'll have people in musicals just start singing about what they're feeling and they're doing. Like, yeah, that's already happening in musicals, so why are you taking this other step and then having it also on this stage? And it, to me, it felt more disconnected, and it and it would have been more visually impressive to me if you had it um, integrated integrated yeah. into the story. If you had like a circus type thing actually inside the um, the actual courtroom, if you had like the whole puppet thing actually outside that courthouse while they're talking. Um, there's this one thing where like there there was dancers on the stage and there was and they were obviously supposed to be like in jail cells mm -hmm. and I'm like the only reason they do that in theaters is because it's not a movie you can't go you can't be on a set with a jail cell you're making a movie you can actually have actresses in jail cells and do something interesting on location and stuff like that so I was like Maybe I'm just an uncivilized piece so of shit. So uncivilized. And I don't understand the theater. <laughs> you, un you gotta understand the gravitas. The gravitas. <laughs> of the situation. Um, Maybe I, that's me, but I that's see, the way I kind of felt about it. I see your points. Uh -huh. uh, to me, it was always like you see real life, and it is so like boring and dull and... All that, and that's why when you see what's going on inside their minds, it's far more like exaggerated, more, uh, there's more emphasis on stuff like that. Um, one of my favorite musical numbers that, uh, that I love about that is, uh, Mr. Cellophane, which was performed by, uh, John C. Riley. Yeah. And I, I just, I don't know, it was you like. Mean the loser song? Yeah, the loser song, but I don't know, like, you, you, you feel something for him. You feel something, definitely. And, uh, John C. Riley, I think he's, he's a great, you know. He's uh, amazing. We, all, all the performances were great. What'd you think of, uh, Catherine Zeta Jones? She was great, too, but her character was kind of useless. Hmm. I felt like, I thought, like, okay, there would be some interesting back and forth. Between her and Roxy? But, yeah, but there wasn't. She okay. was just kind of there the entire story until they got to the end, and she's like, we should team up. She said, yes, we should. And, <laughs> and then it's like, yay, happy ending. But I thought there would be more, like, like I thought, like, their trials, you know, like, maybe um, she does one stunt to get people to focus on her trial, and then she does another stunt, it's like, oh, there's this back and forth, and maybe they bond a little bit once or twice, and then they go at it another time. Like, you see their characters grow together. But it's, it's mostly just um, the the blonde-haired one. What's her name? Roxy. Roxy. It's mainly just her, and then she just pops up from time to time saying, you suck. Like, like it, it just... It, they, 
felt disjointed. They never grew together. Mm. And honestly, she never grew at all, really. Um, what did you think of uh, Richard Gere as uh, Billy Flynn? He was great. He was probably the best part. As his, like, Give sort of... Give uh, razzle-dazzle. Oh, all the music was great. Uh, all the musical numbers, mm. the way it's choreographed, and the things they did. I can I can definitely see why it won an Oscar. I, I like... Because it, it's incredibly well made. I, a couple of songs that I could name that are great. Uh, Razzle Dazzle. That's, mm. uh, that's a great song. Cell Block Tango. That was one where they were all in the in the jail cells. That was a great one. Um, my favorite is uh, We Both Reach for the Gun. And uh, that's where they were, the, the whole puppet thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the opening number, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Like, it starts off, like, all slow. And then, five, six, seven, eight, dun, 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 and, then it, and then it starts off with uh, with what it does. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I, I didn't mind what was going on. Like, I, a separate entity all in itself. Mm-hmm. Was uh, was was the actual musical bits, and then another one was just the boring story that was going on, <laughs> and 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 to me, I think that was kind of the point, you know, because it was because it is a boring thing, and they and all of them have their ideas of like glitz and glamour, and their I guess delusions of grandeur, <laughs> and and you but then to, they achieve those delusions of grandeur, so it's like. Storytelling wise, I can maybe buy it. Mm-hmm. Of there was a point to it at the end, but at the end, but they got what they wanted at it, the end. Yeah, so it's like, well, then there's kind of no point to it, storytelling wise. Um, this is a really stupid thing, but I was like, I thought it would be more about Chicago. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is in the title. <laughs> it is in Chicago, and, the, and then they'll throw out little things like, that's, what do you expect? It's Chicago. <laughs> and I was, but it, I don't know, I thought it would, that's great, because that's when I thought it would be more about, like, this young girl trying to achieve stardom and not be in prison, but, like, going rising up through the club ranks and then she meets Richard Gere and he's like I'm gonna make you a star baby and then like <laughs> I love you right there. <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah like I thought and I thought like you would see like her different clubs of Chicago and different things and it's like most of it takes place in the prison and it, to me it's like okay this was a play so it makes sense why there's limited um yeah locations limited locations and, um... What, did you think it was, like, so, some sort of orange is a new black or something? <laughs> it, is, it is It is very, it is very, like, more, that. Slightly more music numbers than, uh... <laughs> Musically inclined. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think this is a bad film at all. Um, I actually, I think it's, I think it's really well done. Like, you say I don't like Rob Marshall. I thought he did a great job directing mm-hmm. it. Um, there's a few directorial choices, like I said, like, with the music that I I don't agree with, but still, those musical numbers will were incredibly well done. The casting, the acting was incredibly well done. The music was great. Like, I, I can understand if you like musicals, there's a lot of musicalness to really <laughs> eat up. Yeah. Yeah. But to me, I guess, like, the best musicals mer- are able to marriage the musical numbers and the songs with the story and the characters almost perfectly they're able to just weave it into one thing perfectly and i felt like this 
maybe it's me. Like I said, maybe I'm not, you know, I'm not civilized enough. I, I don't have that theater heart in me. I don't, I don't get it. I'm a, I'm a stupid normie. Uh, but I don't know. I just I love felt, your freaking stupid blockbuster movies. Blockbuster hack films. What's the what's that fucking movie with Transformers the, Seven? What's that? What's that one with the laser swords and shit like that? The that guy piece of uh, shit film he, series. He wants to fuck his sister or something like that. Uh, I don't know something like Care Bears. Oh, Care Bears. Oh, I did not see that movie. <laughs> that sounds really interesting. No. um... Care Bears and the Magical Incest. <laughs> uh, I have not I'd seen pay my no bottom one. dollar to see that. <laughs> I would pay not to see that. Um, <laughs> what would what was the um, mm-hmm. what are some musicals that you uh, cling to? Like like yeah, this is my musical that I cling to. Yeah, like um, like what musicals do you like? Like the, that that's my favorite. I I go to this one if I was to ever pop in a musical. Um. The last really great one that came out that I really liked was La La Land. Uh-huh. And, I, like I said, I thought the music was great. You know, the story, while simple, was really well, t- really well told, and I thought it married the music with the story very well. Well, it's kind of convenient uh, because uh, they were... Uh, one was a musician. Yeah. And so it... Just happened to be very, a musician. It was very convenient in that mm-hmm. little aspect. I mean... Um, I, oh my I, god, I, I can't wait for Alexis to hear that. What? Excuse me, he's not just a musician, he's a starving artist, and gives me all that stuff, but anyway. Uh, I don't think it'll be like that. Um, I like, I honestly, I think the remake of Hairspray is really good. I oh, think, I love, dude. I think it's better than the original. Freaking, uh, freaking John Travolta and Christopher Walken has yeah. a musical number together. But the music is great. It's fun. It, it, it fits in with mm. the story and I think it marriages it really well. I, I love Annie. And I like the original Annie. And, I think and the, original the one Annie. from, with eight, in 84. Yeah. That was really good. I think that was really good too. Um, I, I kind of like the uh, other one uh, that was also, Rob Marshall did the new one. Oh, that did came he out do in the, the 90s. Yeah. Um, in the 90s? Yeah, there, there was one where uh, where Kathy Bates played Miss Hannigan. Uh, Rooster was played by, uh, what's it called? Uh, 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 what, Alan Cumming? I thought you were talking about the one that came out like in 2010. Yeah. No, 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 no. He, oh, okay. he was nowhere near that. Um, I did not like that one at all. <laughs> uh, what's it called? Uh, Kristen, Kristen Chenoweth? You know who she is? I don't. I never saw that one. I okay. only. I only know of the original. Okay. So, scratch that. Uh, Lay Miz. Lay Miz. I. I adore Lay Miz. I would adore Lay Miz if they didn't sing every freaking word. <laughs> I am gonna go to the bathroom <laughs> and take a shit. <laughs> and my singing abilities were just on the same level <laughs> as the actors. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. <laughs> Where did he go? He took the bread. <laughs> that, I, that, that sums up the movie. Um, he went over there. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> it's like I don't know that to me that turned like, you off. It gets annoying. They they only spoke like three sentences and like 
uh, it, it regularly, and then yeah. the rest was musically. To me, it's just kind of unnecessary. It's yeah. Just like, because there are great songs in Les Mis. It's just, like, just have them talk normal and then let them break into songs. That's why I listen to the album. But if you listen to the whole album, you pretty much heard the whole movie. <laughs> um, I guess Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, dude, that's amazing. Damn like, it. Damn it. I love you. That's a great one. Uh, Sweet Transvestite. Everyone loves Grease. Grease, yeah. That's like a go-to for everyone. Everybody, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's like definitely a go-to. Hey, but there's good songs in there. There's great yeah. songs, like Grease yeah. Lightning. No, I like Grease too. Sandra, Sandra, Grease too? You like Grease too? No, two? no, no, no. <laughs> T-O-O. T-O-O, sir. Commas. It's very important. <laughs> very. Uh, but, yeah, I understand. I understand your yeah. points that you, that you put in about the movie, so... All, like, I feel like story wise, if things were changed, like if, if I could just get like the the marionette little thing that like, Richard Gere was doing, yeah, and just like change. All right, I'm gonna change this, change that, change that, and I was like, I, I can see myself loving this film. Hey, make if your, I could change a few. You can make things. your own. Uh, you make your own Chicago Chicago movie. Uh, it would be fifty million times worse. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, yeah, final thoughts on the, on the thing? Um, uh, I think it's incredibly well made, but, like, like I said, some of the issues I had, the character, even, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones' character, um, the resolution to the story, and then the, the way that the musical, music was integrated, or n- sort of not integrated, in my eyes, anyway, into the story, the way I guess I would have... To me, I can see that as more of a personal thing and other people being okay with it. But the way I would have liked it more... Um, I mean, it's got a well cast. It's got an all-star cast. Oh, have, the cast is amazing. You have uh, Queen Latifah. She plays Big Mama. Oh, that's right. She was in there. And you have uh, Christine Bransky. She plays the journalist. and all that. So I, I, I Overall, uh, if you're into musicals, I think you should definitely check it out. And I do think mm. it's an incredibly well-made movie. But it's not going to be in my favorite musicals, I'll put it that way. Yeah, that, that's the way I'll put it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Peter. Yes. I have a question for you. Okay, yes. Why the fuck did you make me watch Split? Because I could not get a copy of Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only reason. No, no, okay. Um, because we were supposed to do it on Blade Runner this time, but... Uh, Split, I think, is a very good replacement movie for that because I really enjoyed the hell out of Split. Um, I'm actually a big fan of M. Night Shyamalan. You know... What? Fight the haters. (laughs) No. It's happening. (laughs) This is a perfectly good bottle of cough syrup. Um, You like hot dogs? (laughs) I, I, The Shining is great, no one disputes that. Unbreakable, I think, is on the same level, if not better. The Shining? Unbreakable. Did I say The Shining? You said The Shining. Oh, no, what's it called? I'm like, I thought that was a Kubrick film. I was thinking, oh, sorry, I was thinking Signs, but I shouldn't have been thinking, I I shouldn't have been thinking Signs, I was thinking The Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense? Yeah. Sixth Sense, I was thinking like three different movies at once. The Sixth Sense is a good movie. I yeah, think every, agree. everyone agrees with that. Unbreakable, I think, is on the same level, if not yeah. better. Um, it's always left out of the conversation when it comes to comic book films. 
and it's I I think it was ahead of its time as far as is it part of a comic dissecting book, uh, thing? No, no, it's original story, but it has everything to do with comic books and heroes and villains. You've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah, it has everything to do with. And it. then you have the unofficial sequel, which is Split. Well, let me go down his line. Uh, Signs has some very stupid moments in it, but that that image of seeing that that alien just literally do nothing but just walk down that alleyway has scarred me my entire life. Really? Yes. Like, really? Yes. Okay. I think that science has a lot of good things in it, and it's kind of it's kind of sad that there was some really stupid things, like the whole issue with like the why water. would water? Yeah, the water thing. Everyone, yeah, there is some real issues with that. Science, no, not science. What was after that one? The village. Um, I I remember when I was little. At one point, I wanted to go as the creatures from the village in during Halloween. Yeah, but I didn't know how to make the costume because it's like a pig face and then like the hood and stuff. The village also is. This is where you start getting in declining quality of films. Yeah, because the village is worse than Signs. I still don't think it's a bad film. I still think there's a lot to like about it, and it's more of a love story than anything. But as much as there was stupid things in science, I think there's even more stupid things yeah. in the village, and they're far more noticeable. And the whole twist thing is starting to wear on you. After that, what was after that? I think that what, was the was the, it? Was the it? lady in the water. Oh, lady in the water. That is such a weird movie. It's it's not good, but I almost enjoy it for its weirdness, <laughs> like just how kind of. That shit weird it is, I can almost just sort of respect and enjoy it on a certain level. Everyone hates it, and it's they say it's not good. Um, I can't really argue with you, <laughs> but there's just something so weird and... And enjoyable about it, because of its weirdness. Yes, yeah, like, what is going on? The, the, the snark is gonna attack the girl, and then... Like, just the... Just, it's a weird goddamn film. But again, declining quality. After that, I think it's The Village... No, you already no, said no, the no, no. The Happening. Happening. He has a lot of dumb movies. No. And then that one was just straight up terrible. <laughs> but I will say, interesting concept. We got a good, uh, we got a good meme out of it. Incredible memes. It was, the film was <laughs> worth being made for the memes alone. Um, interesting concept, I think, incredible concept, actually, of just people, like, what's happening? Why are people randomly killing themselves and committing suicide? Like, mm-hmm. that's terrifying, you know? And I, and I think... You could have executed that way better, way better, and I think it, to me that could be like a a, a a horror classic if you executed that right. But it was the opposite of executing it right. What was even happening? <laughs> so <laughs> <What>? many. <books. No. laughs> um, then we got the last Airbender, which we all know how that went. Complete and utter trash. There is nothing redeeming about that film. It is a disgusting piece of filth. And then the nepotism, I guess, that is, what was it, After Earth? Yeah. Is that what it was called? That was... was no, how, dare was you ma- how dare you make Will Smith boring? I, yeah, I think that was the worst thing about the movie, It's just how boring it was. Um, then we got, after that, I think he went away, and then he came back with... The Visit? The Visit, which I enjoyed. It wasn't great. I don't know if it was necessarily good but it was definitely enjoyable and there was some good things i'm like oh shoot 
Is my, he, my is Shyamalan's he coming, coming, coming back. back. And I think he really came back to form. Back, this, this was his best movie since The Happening. Yeah. Not The Happening. Um, I, I get them so confused. His best film... Unbreakable. Since Unbreakable is, is Split. Um, oh, yeah. It's Like I said, probably his third best film. And I wanted you to see it because spoilers it it did something that i've been wanting for a long time as far as villains go and it's just a really interesting unique film that and i'm such a fan of m night Shyamalan, and i was always rooting for him to get a comeback the fact to see him get a comeback and like everyone like excited for an m night Shyamalan film again it's awesome it's like i'm living in the early 2000s it's a blast of the past and i love it um so, so are you saying that you feel very nostalgic Towards all this hype. See, I didn't. I didn't even want to use the N word, but I <laughs> sure nostalgic. Which N word? Um, nostalgic. Um, go ahead. What 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 did you feel about Split? God damn this! And if you use one Split pun, I am throwing your iPad at the wall. This 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 film. It felt like it went nowhere. I I think that it James McAvoy's performance I think they could have casted a better actor to play him. Really? I think the old lady subplot was completely boring. Um I mean, I get what he was trying to go for. Mm-hmm. Of course you had to have that M Night Shyamalan cameo in there. Um uh, the, yeah, that one cameo. Uh, the girls, they were a stick in the mud, especially the lead. No, I'm kidding. I can't, I can't <laughs> lie to you anymore. I like this movie. <laughs> you did. This, this is good. This is a good movie. I, I thought that this was a true return to form. Mm-hmm. I saw bits and pieces of The Visit. I've never like completely finished mm-hmm. it. Um, that film I, definitely has its issues. What I saw from that movie, I was like, okay, I, I, I could see some good stuff in here, but mm-hmm. then I, it, it kind of lulled a little bit. And like okay, so when I came into watching Split, I was like, okay, let's let's see where this goes. Um, you've been giving you know, nothing but praise and, and shit, so I'm like, I okay, love my sham hammer. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let, let's see, let's see what Peter's talking about right here. Uh-huh. And uh, I definitely said what you were talking about. Um, first of all, uh, let me let me uh, let me uh, say her name loud and proud. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy. Memorize her, fa- her, fa- her yeah. Memorize her name, guys. Memorize her name because this girl is going fucking places. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. The uh, I saw her in the witch. All right, that was the first movie that you showed me of her in, and I was like, "Damn, she sells it. She sells it. All the all the stuff, all the drama. Her her enunciation for all the dies and thous and the witch is like." Like, all the teenagers, like, are used to, like, some sort of, like, oh, like, uh, OMG, like, kind of stuff like that. Are you like millennial that. shaming? Yeah, kinda. <laughs> uh, unshamedly, yes, I am. Um, but yeah, memorize her name, because, like, the way that she, she played her character and the dynamic that she had between, uh, between James McAvoy, I think that their dynamic was very much like uh, Jodie Foster and uh, and uh, Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs. Oh. I that's the dynamic I got from that. Uh, and James McAvoy, my God, 
his split personalities, like the way that he could switch from one personality to the other. It, it, oh, like the thing that I liked about this movie is that it kept me guessing, and uh, and movies uh, movies these days seldomly do that. I mean, I I know when a movie is like, for example, the Marvel movies. The hero is gonna uh, live at the end because they need a franchise. Mm -hmm. This one, the, I, there was no uh, franchise tie-in other than that, other than wow. other than that <laughs> one twist at the end that it that it connected mm -hmm. with um, with Unbreakables at the end. You see Bruce Willis at the end. I'm like, holy shit, it is him, and he's like, I know his name, Glass. I'm like, Glass. Mr. Glass. And I'm like, oh my god, they brought, they brought uh, Bruce Willis in. So that was really cool. I, that was really cool. I loved it. Um, but going back to the thing, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, her her character sell, sold it. Uh, I, I, I loved, uh, she was pretty much like the protagonist. She was pretty much Clarice in this film. Yeah. And uh, you definitely, you definitely see, uh, she, she emotes really well. Um, it could easily been like scream like ah 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 shoot shoot bang bang uh run from villain. There's not many. There's not much screaming at all. Yeah, mm -hmm. mostly it's just psychological, and she really plays off this psychological when she's talking to uh, um another personality named Heg Hedwig, and she's she's talking with this personality, and she's like. Uh, like it's kind of like talking to a kid who you know will scream, kid. <laughs> will scream at any moment, and that's the kind of moment that it that it was. And then that whole bit where, uh, at the end of the day, uh, it's underneath a zoo. This whole yeah. movie took place underneath a zoo, and that was that was pretty cool. A new unique location, get unique locations in there. Uh, the whole old lady subplot. Um, his therapist. His therapist. His therapist. Uh, I don't know her name. I feel like I should. Uh, I think she, she she was she, she did great. Was, yeah, she was good. Like trying to like the way that she would you know, you have a uh, Shyamalan explain explanation scenes. You know mm -hmm. where it's like this is why this uh, this scene this scene is important and they and they and they pretty much spell it out for you. <laughs> um, I, I I actually I actually liked her character and endearing and was sad to see her go at the end, uh, but a lot of things a lot of things uh, uh, shaped up. Um, uh, the whole bit about her uncle, about uh, Anya Taylor Joy's character. Oh yeah. Her whole uncle plot I could have done without. Mm -hmm. I could have completely taken that out and then uh, have have uh, just her being in the movie, I think that would have trimmed at least, like, I don't know, ten minutes of the movie. But other than that, I think that this was a was a good... This was the true return to form. Uh, it's almost as if uh, Shyamalan uh, regenerated and turned into, like, this whole new different uh, director, because I think that this was good. There are some definitely interesting shots. Yellow. Yellow is, uh, is a really good, intense color, and the way that they used the color yellow uh, throughout the film was uh, was unique. And, uh, yeah. Well, one of the things that M. Night Shyamalan talked about uh, with this film and also with his last film, The Visit, is that the way in which, um, with his re resurgence starting with The Visit, he's really started to um, experiment with humor, where his, his films didn't have it in the past. And I thought, um, I think that's really working for him, because I, I, this was a much more funny film in certain areas and aspects than I thought. Um, like, 
what was the the kid's name? Hedwig. When when he takes her to his room and he just starts breakdancing because he likes Kanye. He's like, like Kanye West like, is my jam. <laughs> yeah, and 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 sort of these like mixes of emotions that you're having because what's going on is funny, but then it's terrifying and it's dangerous. And mm-hmm. and I love when you know actors and directors and you know filmmakers are able to mix these different kind of emotions all into one scene or one performance. And that's something I think M. Night is doing really well with yeah. his newer films. And also, what uh, what's his name? Um, Professor X. James McAvoy. <laughs> James McAvoy uh, did really, really well with his performance, too. And um, the the therapist, you could tell she was there mostly for exposition, to, you know, to really understand him and why he acts this way, the, the whole multiple personality disorder and how he can will himself into changing his body chemistry. But it also provided really intense and interesting scenes. And when you have one person that's inside him pretending to be another person while they're doing these therapy sessions and you're just wondering, like, okay, what's going on? What's their goal? And then the whole thing with the beast, it's like... It, it's Mystery-wise, like you said, you really don't understand where it's going. And that's why... Um, I appreciate the ending so much more, and but because I was it, because by and large, uh, and you and you explained this to me when you were pitching this movie to me. All yes, right, yes, it's a villain origin story. Yes, that's finally, I have been waiting for that forever because you'll 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 have bullshit, other films and either they super superhero or whatever that say. We're going to tell the villain's side of the story. And their side of the story is, well, they're not always so bad after all. You know, it's always by the numbers where they can't, they're incapable of telling a villain story. They always have to turn the villain into the hero. This one didn't do that. It it just. He still remained the villain at the end. He became the villain at the end. You know, this told of. Either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. It was not a split pun, so it is allowed. <laughs> You're on thin ice, sir. But, no, you, you are correct. You can almost that. say that my puns are un... No. <laughs> go on, go on, sir. They were able to tell what, and we'll get to the ending right now, was what's basically a, a superhero, supervillain origin story in as unique a way as possible mm-hmm. and sort of through the eyes of this captive young girl and through a lot of very human issues that she's going through and I, and I know you you kind of didn't like that other um, side plot going on with her uncle but I think it kind of fed into what Ke- um, that's his name the man Kevin. Kevin was going through and what made him that way would, um, because the abuse he took as a child is what ha- caused him to develop these multiple personalities because he he did it as sort of like um, as trying to protect himself mm-hmm. and the way... It, it, what, what was yeah. the deal with the uncle? Was he... Uh... he was molesting her. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And and she's... And like she, I think she had said, like, yeah... Because in the beginning of the movie, they give you, like, little tidbits. They're like, oh, she's so weird. She's always getting in trouble, like the other girls are saying about her. And um, I think later on, she says something like, 
I I get in trouble in school on purpose so I I don't have to go home or like you know because she doesn't want to go home because her her dad died and then she's living with her uncle now who abuses her and it ties into the end when he's he's going after her and trying to kill her and he sees like she's she's damaged the way he is and, and you know his whole mentality his super villain mentality is you know you can't you know the weak are too weak only the strongest survive only the damaged only they deserve you know to survive that's why he let her live and um so i think it it, it serves a purpose you know maybe you could have cut down on it a little bit but i i think cutting it out completely take something away from the story and from the characters um but yeah so the final twist which is this film takes place in the unbreakables universe unbreakables cinematic universe (laughs) and are they is he gonna do that well i'll I'll get to that right now because there is news on that Um, okay it, it basically ends in the... He's he's killed the two other girls. He's eaten them alive, which, ill. Um, <laughs> hashtag ill. Hashtag ill. But he's become what the police are dubbing the Horde because it's all kinds of personalities in one. And, and he's able to become the Beast, which gives him basically superhuman abilities because he's able to change his body chemistry um, just through willing it. And... You're seeing this on the police, and then it cuts along in this diner, and then you see Bruce Willis watching the police reports, and then they they talk about Mr. Glass. So what this is leading into is originally, in the original Unbreakable um, script, the at the end of Unbreakable, I don't know if you remember this, he saves these people, these few girls from this guy you know that's his first time being a hero yeah and he's like choking him and killing he kills the dude and saves these girls the original unbreakable script that was supposed to be the split story like this the film was too long and in his original script for the film he was going to include um what's it called kevin's character the horde as the guy um, and he was going to include his story and the whole stuff with the girls in Unbreakable. And at the end of Unbreakable, that's who he was going to fight to free the girls. And then mm. that's how it was going to go. But he's like, you know what? This film's going too long. And this is sort of taken away from the story. So he cut that out and he just made Unbreakable. And he's just sort of some know-nothing guy who, who he kills at the end to save the girls. Um, so he said he'd always wanted to make a sequel to Unbreakable. And he wanted to make it sort of this surprise sequel. So that's what Split is. And he always liked the idea of each movie in this sort of universe, I guess, being a different... Focus on a different character and a different sort of genre. Like, it, you're going... It's a very, very different story each like this, time. Like, this one is a very hostage situation kind of film, and then The Unbreakables is... Psychological, a, maybe horror, yeah, something like suspense. that. suspense. The, the original is more suspenseful, and it's... It's 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 kind of hard to pinpoint, but I I like films where it's hard to pinpoint exactly what they are. That's what that's why that's what I said earlier is that mm-hmm. the thing I like about this movie is that it kept me guessing, mm-hmm. you know, and, that, and that's that's always a bonus if you know, okay, what is gonna happen? Because you don't know, you know. I like movies where it tells you you don't know jack shit. 
which is the the story for these two movies is going to culminate in M. Night Shyamalan's next movie, which I believe he is either filming or starting to film right now, mm-hmm. called Glass. Ooh. Which is, is which you know who it's going to center on. Okay. Mr. Glass, Mr. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson. And there's actually a, a good uh, interview where Samuel L. Jackson, he said, you know, I got a call from M. Night Shyamalan, and he's like, hey, I want you to see my new movie. Uh-huh. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a car. You can go to the screening. It'll be good. And he's like, yeah, okay. Like I said, yeah. And, and then M. Night's like, and I want you to call me right after you get out. Tell me what you think. So he's like, so I, I went and saw the movie. I walk out of the theater, and I call him, and I told him, does, does, is this what I think it means? And then he was, and then M. Night Shyamalan told him, you know, if, if it makes enough money, you know, then yes, it does. And then, and then, but this was already weeks after it came out. So Samuel Jackson's like, and it, it seems to have made enough. So yeah, this is this is where it's going. And and then even that's then weeks, weeks, weeks later, that's when M. Night Shyamalan said, next film going to be Glass. Um, what's her name is coming back. Anya Taylor Joy. Yes, that's cool. So is um, Bruce Willis. I, I have a, Avengers Assemble. <laughs> obviously, because of the title, I have a feeling it's going to center on Samuel Jackson's character. Yeah, it, it, he's sort of going to be the center of it all. Um, what it's going to be, I don't know, but I I think Unbreakable is incredible. I think it's why why it's not talked about more. I don't know. It's kind of it doesn't get Baffling. the love I think it, it deserves. It deserves a little bit more love. And then I thought Split was was really great. I thought it was a lot of fun, and it was really well made. And I just I want Glass to be great. I want the Shamala Shamala to reign in. I don't know how to say it, <laughs> but I don't know. I'm excited. I'm a bi- I'm a big fan. What what, what are your in negatives? That's the that's the, uh, the way that you explained it to me. I, gu- I guess that's the reason why you could you could put it in there. The whole uncle side plot in there. I I, I, I do have a negative. Like M Night Shyamalan can ha- does have this issue where he sometimes puts like really unrealistic and clunky dialogue. Yeah. Um, and that was seen. You can see that the most in the happening, where it's like these people are not speaking like real human beings. And there were touches of that throughout the film, like a couple of lines the therapist had, and you know sometimes they would say things where it's like, "Yup, someone wrote that for you to say." Like it didn't come off as natural. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I I, I think it was really well made. Uh, the acting is definitely great. Uh, yeah, Anya Taylor Joy, she's going places, and I and I shared. She's with, gonna be a household name. And I shared with you a link that she's gonna uh, star in the new Nosferatu yes. movie. Yes, and you know what? Is is I, I'm the remake hater. Yeah. Here, but that film is about a hundred years old. You know, I think it's. Okay. I'll tell you, this is this is this is my criteria. If your film is a hundred years old, then I think it's okay to remake, remake it. it. <laughs> I, I mean. Cinema itself has to change, has to have changed and given something new life that wasn't there a hundred years ago. And if it hasn't, then what the hell has cinema been doing, you know? Yeah. So I, I think that's great. And was it's the same director as the one of The Witch, too. So I think that's what that's really a, got that's me excited. That's a double feature. Yeah, that's what got me excited. But then also the cheese coming back. Um, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. To, to me... Um, don't remake classics. 
unless I guess a hundred years, because Nosferatu is so in a hundred years somebody could make the Godfather. Yes, I give permission in a hundred years from from when the Godfather came out, you may remake it. But only a hundred years. If you hit ninety nine and that shit comes out, I boycott. <laughs> I boycott. Um. So it's it's either you could remake. We it are the ninety nine percent. We are the ninety nine percent. So classic, maybe if it's a hundred years, and and if it's any other film, it's only if it was a bad film with a good concept. Because a lot of uh, sort of like they're doing with it. Because there's some movies that were like made like ages ago that the modern movie is more uh, is more of what's remembered. Like for example, like which one? Scarface. But that's my thing. No one remembers the original Scarface because it's not nearly as good as this Scarface. So if, I'm all cool with remaking movies mm. if it's like an okay, not that great. If there's room for improvement, then knock yourself out. Go for it. If someone wants to remake The Happening... What? Go for it. No! <laughs> go for it. <laughs> Because there is that, a good concept in there. That movie makes jokes for itself. <laughs> what? Nobody has to try. It's just the whole movie's a joke, so yeah. you could use pull it from that. Um, I generally like this movie. I, I thought that uh, I thought it, a lot of things worked. Uh, I a lot, I can't wait to see more from uh, Anya. Uh, yes. James McAvoy, we've always known that he was a good actor. I've always known that he was a good but th actor. This movie allowed him to stretch his acting. Yeah, license. you gotta see uh, split personalities, you know, so, uh, no no pun. They, I know it wasn't a pun. I, I thought about it, I was like, no, it's, it's just split a sentence. Per, split personalities, so uh, I think that, uh, yeah, he, like, you saw him as, like, like some sort of, like, uh, very flamboyant woman. Uh, and then you got to see him as a as a as a child, and you got to see him as uh, as a person with OCD, Just fashion designer, fashion designer. Uh, I think he was a girl at one point, it, like a eighteen year old girl. Yeah, something like that, and, it, and it's and it's cool. And and, and then his uh, place that he lived in pretty much uh, reflected that. I mean, they're like pictures of like dresses that he that he drew, and then you see uh you see a Hedwig's room, and it's very like a kid. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I definitely, uh, recommend it if you're, uh, if you're, uh, if you're, uh, pessimistic or, uh, or negative or, like, very, uh, what's that word? Standoffish? Standoffish towards, uh, M. Night Shyamalan, I would recommend you, this, if this somebody was to show me, uh, a, a good, uh, Shyamalan film, this would definitely be in the list of good Shyamalan films to watch. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. I, I would definitely recommend it. So, that was uh, this episode of To the Table, our fifth episode so far. We're getting a lot of these done. Yeah? Yeah, so uh, every week, um, you're having me watch uh, El Mariachi, yeah? Yes. Okay. Uh, Robert Rodriguez film. I don't know what to, I don't know what I'm going to have you watch yet. Uh, better, better figure it out quick, son. Uh, <laughs> you're going to watch... Uh, how, about, how about another James Bond movie? Oh, let's <laughs> at least try to change it a bit. We, you have 20 more movies to go. I know. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, that was this. Uh, that was our Friday show of uh, To the Table. Every Wednesday and Friday, we have a new To the Table. Check out this Sunday. We have a lot of shit to talk about. We're going to have a Game of Thrones uh, 
uh, review to give. Uh, we're gonna have uh, what else? What else are we gonna talk about? Oh, defenders, maybe. Defenders, defender, maybe. maybe. If we have time to watch it. Uh, and then we have uh, what else? We have uh, Justice League uh, reshoots to talk about, and then uh, and then uh, Mr. Bond, James oh, yes. Bond, Bond is is a uh, uh, little news on that. So without further ado, I'm Kyle Lura, and with me I have Peter Martinez. Hello. This is to the table. Bye.